It's been a long trade deadline day, but for the Bucks, it started with acquiring Jay Crowder and it finished with beating the Lakers in LA. Even if it wasn't the Lakers at full strength, the winning streak extends to nine, uh, which is exactly what we like. Uh, Giannis didn't quite get the 40 points, but there were some nice performances to talk about. We'll talk about this win over the Lakers. And then, of course, we'll finish up by recapping the trade deadline. Let's get into it. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win Monday to Friday, and also find my work over at ESPN. Alongside me, the founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden, for today's episode that's brought to you by Rocket Money. Stop throwing it, stop throwing your money away, Frank. Uh, cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash locked on NBA. All right, before we get to this win over the Lakers, and we'll start with Bucks and Lakers, then we'll uh, get back to the trade deadline stuff, but a little bit of housekeeping. If you're listening to this podcast and you haven't checked your feed, go back. I hung out with Justin Garcia a little earlier today. Well, right after the deadline, actually, and we recapped the immediate thoughts on the Jay Crowder trade. And then I also did a little mini video uh, with Unlocked uh, on, on NBA, which is also on the feed. So there's plenty of content today. Make sure you check it out. We thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first watch or first listen of every day. Make sure you subscribe, hit like, throw a comment in the YouTube stream because that helps us. Uh, and the subscribers are on the rise, Frank, which we absolutely love at trade season. People go crazy for the trade. So thank goodness the Bucks actually did something. Jay Crowder, we'll talk about that. But it would have been a little bit of a dampener on the day. If the Bucs weren't able to close this game out against the Lakers, no LeBron, Anthony Davis in foul trouble for most of the night. But it was probably a little annoyingly close until the end, but the Bucs end up winning at 115-106. And another one of these wins where they didn't shoot the ball particularly well from three, uh, but they were able to grind it out. Yeah, I mean, just the stat that is seared into my brain is the five for 28 from three-point range in the first half (laughs) for the Bucs. yeah, you know, they're down 58 to 50 at halftime. And again, you just, I mean, this, ha- this happens, right? You just have these games where even with the Lakers being shorthanded following the trades and LeBron sitting out, which, but, but I think, I, I don't know if it was in our chat or something, or I can't remember where, where I was talking about it, but just, I, I was thinking like, oh, if, if the Lakers don't make a big move, then LeBron, given that he was, you know, he sat out the end of the game on Tuesday with the foot injury. I was like, eh, it's a good chance. He's not going to play on Thursday night. Um, but Lakers actually did make a big move. Um, but who cares about that for now? Uh, so, yes, this is obviously, I mean, even the Lakers at full strength, you're supposed to beat that team. Definitely this version of the Lakers, you're supposed to beat that this team. Um, and did it, you know, take way longer than than it should have? Pretty much all of 48 minutes to, to close it out, yes. Um, but that happens. And, you know, I think the, the luxury of where the Bucks are right now, they're now sitting in sole spot, um, with the second best record in the NBA and just a loss behind the Celtics and they get the Celtics at home early next week. So, you know, sort of one of these things, right? Like we we've debated it, you know, since the preseason, since 
pre-preseason, how important is it for the Bucks to have a great record in the regular season? How important is it, you know, to be potentially the first seed or the second seed? I think, you know, my stance has always been like, hey, get top two, because at least then, you know, you you can not have to play the Celtics in the second round, which again, I think Boston is still sort of the the number one um, you know, opponent that the Bucks have to have to plan for. And and I think the the team that ultimately matches up the best with them. But uh but yeah, so uh, you know, again, this win streak has been nice. You're not going to win every game in a win streak by 25 points. Uh, and especially on the road, right? You had two days off, which is great because Bucks had been playing every other day for quite a while. And so nice to get a couple days off, nice to get a little bit of California sunshine. Uh, I don't, do we have an update on Splash Mountain in, in, in uh, <laughs> Disneyland? Did, did, is it, is that one closed too? Did Brooke Lopez get to go on his rides? We don't know. Um, but, you know, uh, L.A. nightlife being undefeated and all <laughs> a couple days off. This was maybe a game that was teed up for a little bit of a lackadaisical start. And, uh, yeah, it felt a little bit like the Bucks maybe took this game for granted a bit. But, I mean, when you shoot that badly, it's not like for lack of effort that you miss a bunch of open jump shots. And the Lakers, I thought, also just hit like a lot of like kind of like, hmm, OK, it's going to be one of those night type of shots. Um, didn't even shoot that many threes. I think what, were they like? four of nine from three in the first half or something like that. Uh, so only one fewer threes, three made despite taking 19 fewer attempts. Uh, so yeah, it was um, an annoying first half. It was one of those first halves where like you hate having to wait through halftime. Cause you're just like, okay, let's just, can we just, can we just get to the second half? Easy for me to say, since I don't have to actually play. <laughs> um, but you know, Giannis kind of, uh, you know, had a solid first half. Uh, AD had a really fast start. Uh, but then he cooled off significantly and over the course of the game, you know, Giannis slowly, but surely took over. And I thought in the third quarter, Giannis and drew holiday drew, I think hit like one shot in the first half. He came out, hit a couple shots, including a three Giannis hits a three early in the third quarter. And again, I wouldn't say the floodgates opened. I think the bucks were seven of 19 or so. So in the second half from three point range, so it was not a, a good three point shooting night regardless uh, but they made enough and, you know, eventually I think the Lakers lack of quality started to show through a little bit. I, I thought Brooke Lopez, you know, had some terrific moments protecting the rim. Um, yeah. a phenomenal block on Troy Brown had a good block. I don't know if he had one or two on, on AD. Um, but certainly it's a lot of credit for, uh, Anthony Davis, not, you know, really ever kind of getting rolling, um, for more than a couple minutes at a time. Uh, because Brooke was was the primary defender on him most of the night. So um, you mentioned the foul trouble, but you know overall, I think Bucks defended him very well. Right, nine to 22, 23 points. That'll work. That'll do. Five turnovers and a minus seven in thirty four minutes. So um, they held down AD. Of course, Dennis Schroeder. You know, Dennis Schroeder always kills the Bucks. I feel like, and Austin Reeves. <laughs> Austin Reeves. I called him Kai Reeves. Um, for that one move where he kind of dosy doed uh, Giannis and, and got a layup, but uh, but yeah, solid win, not a work of art. We'll never speak speak of this <laughs> speak of this win again again in in the future. But um, but I thought you know Giannis and Drew obviously were big, but Chris Middleton, man, I, I kind of maybe we kind of buried the lead a little bit, but 22 points on 18 shots, just one of six from three. But man, the aggression we've seen from him going to the basket, creating shots. Um, it's not like he's flying in and you know dunking and stuff like that, but he's getting to his spots in the paint around the basket. Um, you know, again, just 
always under control. And I thought that, you know, in the second quarter, he gave them a bit of a spark. And then in the second half, you know, especially when there were a couple moments when the Lakers starting to have a little bit of success with the zone. Um, Chris Middleton, even when he's not shooting well from three, uh, is such a useful weapon against his zone because of his ability to, to get to his spots, make passes, et cetera. So, yeah, uh, I think there was a joke about sixth man of the year, <laughs> Chris Middleton, but uh, he's, he's, he's been looking like it here of late. 10 for 18 overall, one for six from three. So if my quick math here, nine for 12. And he's really actually been hitting that kind of runner, one-handed mm. push shot floater. Uh, he's been able to take, and I don't know, maybe you just feel like you haven't watched him play for a long time, but it feels like he's been pretty confident in anytime he gets someone that is a little bit smaller around the same size, he's like, all right, I'll just put the ball on the floor and, and drive it all the way to the rack, which is, it's not like that's not something that he's done in the past, but it just feels like, and maybe it's just me looking for good signs that, yeah, he's looking healthy. He's happy to to use his physicality, but geez, he's looked good uh, so far. And he got all the way up to 25 minutes in this game. He closed the game. He had an and one, an important and one, which got him up to the 22 points as well. So it was nice to see him in the closing lineup. Uh, and and I think, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens for him when he does eventually start. Obviously, it's a back-to-back tomorrow. It's going to be interesting to see who actually plays in that game. I've got a couple other things I want to throw at you uh, from this game before we get to... I'm a, Frank, I'm assuming you've got a, a Jay Crowder take. Uh, am I... You want to talk about Jay Crowder? Well, or, so uh, I'm so stunned that Jake. I'm I'm so stunned that Jay Crowder is a buck that I almost you know it's I I hadn't even contemplated the possibility previously, Kane. So um so I, it'll be hard to 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 speak extemporaneously about this trade, but I, I can I can attempt to to give uh, to give a Jay Crowder take. Um, I mean it's funny. I thought tonight's game kind of underscored like why you need Jay Crowder, not because there was some guy that you know you wanted to throw at. Uh, that you wanted to, to throw Jay Crowder at, but uh, you know they they rested Joe Ingles as you mentioned, presumably because they wanted to you know not play him on the back to back, and they wanted to have somebody playing tomorrow who was not playing tonight. Which I'm going to go ahead and guess that Chris Middleton isn't going to play tomorrow. I'd be a bit surprised if Giannis plays tomorrow as well, given he's been you know on the injury report, even if as probable with the knee thing. So um, no Kawhi tomorrow either. But uh, I mean. We saw Marjan Bochamp early. We saw Mamu in both halves. Uh, Wes Matthews, for uh, a couple minutes, went to the locker room with some kind of ding to his leg. Hopefully, he's he's fine. I mean, he came back and looked looked fine. Um, but you know, it's again, it's just sort of those things, right? Like when your when your team's fully healthy, you can easily say, "Oh, look, look how many guys we got. Like, how are we going to get all these guys on the floor?" And then you know, a couple injuries happen, and then it's like, "Oh crap." we're relying on, you know, Mamu to play in the fourth quarter of a, of a basketball game. So, um, so yeah, I, I mean, I think just from a depth standpoint, uh, you know, the, the joke is you can never have obviously too many wings in the NBA. Again, Crowder, is he truly a wing or more of just kind of a small ball for hey, hey, well, hey, 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 no, we're not at the point where I'm, uh, I didn't actually want the Crowder takes. I just asked you if you had one. I was going to say, I thought you were going to do an ad read and then I am. Uh, so I was just supposed to say yes. Okay, you can't well, ask me to say I yes know, no questions. Like I don't do yes no questions. I do I know. nine minute nine minute soliloquies. That's that's my that's my thing. Hey, that that that's all the the, the crowd of stuff. Right? All right, we'll get back to crowd. Gotta pay right some second. bills. We gotta pay some bills. Uh, which, by the way, it, I mean it's a great segue from you. I promise we haven't set this up, but there is sometimes I have a little bit of a problem where I've got subscriptions and then I am paying bills 
that I don't really want to pay, which brings us to our friends at Rocket Money, formerly known as True Bill. It's a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in the one place. Over 80% of people have subscriptions they've forgotten about, like the streaming service you bought to watch just one show on or that free trial that you never even used. Rocket Money will quickly and easily identify the subscriptions for you so you can stop paying for the ones you don't want. I needed this desperately. So simply find the subscriptions you don't want and press cancel and Rocket Money will cancel it for you. No more long hold times with customer service or tedious emailing back and forth. Rocket Money makes canceling subscriptions as easy as a click of the button. Stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash lockedonmba. That's rocketmoney.com slash lockedonmba, rocketmoney.com. Locked on hey, just so quickly, we'll get to the trade deadline because I also want to ask about buyout market. We've discussed it a little bit, but this is going to be an ongoing conversation. Uh, and there's some financial stuff that we didn't get into this morning, which let's face it, this is your wheelhouse, Frank. Uh, you tweeted about this moment though. So what do we love? We love we love nice assists. We had a nice assist from Giannis today, a little couple look away of them. to... Couple. Yeah. I thought that that like really falling out of bounds, like wrap around to, yeah. to Drew for a late layup. That was nice. But but yeah, that West pass was great. Well, I thought he was going to blow it as well. And then that's the thing. A nice catch by West and then just a little pump fake. And then you have to get it up. So he makes sure he gets the assist. Uh, but another nice assist would have been Chris Middleton in transition with a little look away bounce pass to our tomb <laughs> to Mamu really who, by the way, Sandro on this night, I have to say, we haven't seen him play a lot lately. He played the 13 minutes. He really honestly just has a nice nose for the ball. He gets in good spots for offensive rebounds. He, he does have a you know, pretty good feel for the game, but I wouldn't say he's an athletic beast. Although I, I shouldn't say that because we have seen him throw down some decent dunks. But on this one, he got a bit of a flat tire, Frank, and uh, it would have been a nice highlight for Chris Milton. And unfortunately, Mamu couldn't quite get up there. I saw some references to, to he might have gotten... He might have filed, got fouled. filed or something. I, I didn't see a replay of it. Uh, but yeah, at the time I commented that, you know, there were about, I think like four, four moments in the game leading up to that, where I kind of just cackled out loud uh, at things I saw two of them being a couple of absurd Giannis, like improvised dunks where again, you just, again, we've been watching this guy for 10 years. He does pulls dunks out of his bag, you know, at the most unexpected times, but I still find myself surprised sometimes when he just sort of teleports from, you know, the, the three point line to the, to the rim um, in, in a flash. Uh, and then Brooks huge block on Troy Brown, which was anytime you block a guy and he just like ends up on his like rear end. That's there, there's just something very enjoyable about that. Uh, but yes, Mamu steaming down the lane, <laughs> blowing the layup are the duck. I don't know why that was so funny. Uh, it just like seemed so, hopeful uh for him to go for that dunk and again not that he like doesn't ever dunk or that he's like a terrible that he's a terrible athlete i mean when he's got ahead of steam he he's one of those guys who like he he can throw down a bit um but just something about it i i had like the image i don't can i don't know if you would be really familiar with the fresh prince of bel-air i'm guessing that you're given your age you wouldn't have been watching that in australia like you know 30 years ago uh but you maybe have seen the gif of carlton when he is playing in the basketball game and he takes the shot and he's like looking up and got his hand up and he's like hopeful. And then the ball like 
is like, you know, 20 feet away and doesn't come near the backboard. Uh, that, that was just in my head, what I was thinking as I, as I saw Mamu, um, go up with, with, uh, with great hope for, for that dunk. But anyway, I, I didn't, I didn't realize, I totally missed that he hit a three pointer. He was two for four, six points. Uh, plus four in 13 minutes, two offensive rebounds and a steal. So I think he, I think he had that steal as like a little like poke away on Anthony Davis in the first half. So, yeah. uh, I mean, the numbers weren't bad. There was that also that funny moment where he got an offensive rebound. Yay. And gives it to Giannis, who was kind of on like the right wing pinched in towards the corner. And Mamu kind of had, had, had basically like dribbled it, had kind of picked up the ball in the corner, passes it to Giannis. And then he's like, kind of just like standing there, like I think expecting Giannis to like dribble more towards the center of the court. And then he just like gave him a look and gave him the like clear out, uh, you know, arm wave. And then Mamu goes scurrying away along the baseline to to give to give Giannis some room. So, uh, and by so the way, too, of course, good, the guy that good. was guarding Mamu is like, I'm not fucking moving now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so two two good late night comedic moments. From our guy Mamu. By the way, I it's it's weird. I guess I don't say Mamu out loud enough because, like, I I I don't know if you guys as listeners notice this, but like sometimes I, sometimes I say Mamu and sometimes I say Mamu, and I I have no rationale for doing one or the other. Uh, my apologies. Yeah, I, I don't know. When I, I guess when I say it, the full name, I say it kind of fast, like Mamu Kalashvili. But Kevin Harlan, who is just the best, by the way, there was one. Uh, he he sort of was saying. Mamu, like two separate words, which is like kind of interesting, but I'm definitely not going to complain with Kevin Harlan. He also had one of my favorite calls of tonight's game. I mean, he always has great calls, but one of my favorite calls of his tonight was that move where Giannis uh, went baseline. It was late in the game and kind of just sidestepped around yeah, AD. That was, that was another cackle out loud. I, that was the last time I laughed out loud oh, in this game. That was an incredible move. And Kevin Harlan, it did the thing that I love about Kevin Harlan is like he makes the call, he's like with the sidestep, and then he's like, "Wow!" And I was like, <laughs> "Me too, Kevin. Me too." Uh, all right, let's get to trade deadline stuff. That's that's uh, knock this uh, Fanduel, uh, and we got the Super Bowl coming up, so we need to talk about the Super Bowl first. Then we're going to get to the trade deadline. The big game, the big game, the big dance. Are you allowed to say the Super Bowl? And in, in maybe that we're not in the ad read yet. I feel like you can't say the Super Bowl in, in ad read, but I'll, I'll let you handle it. No, you can, because this year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party Ooh. is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. So download the FanDuel app now so you can bet super bowl 57 with a no sweat first bet you'll get up to three thousand dollars back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win FanDuel lets you bet on anything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown i've got it in front of me right now forget one touchdown how about two plus touchdowns travis kelsey the favorite plus 460 jalen hurts plus 550 aj brown plus 650 but if you think that uh, someone's going to get on the end of the old pigskin in the end zone uh, multiple times, then go to FanDuel.com and you will be able to potentially win some cash. The FanDuel sports, bet, uh, sports, sports book app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. And you get your winnings instantly, which is uh, what we're here for. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com. Slash locked on, make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner 
All right, so the question I've got for you around Jay Crowder, as you alluded to at the start of the podcast, look, I, I think we have a fair grip on what we think or what you think of Jay Crowder uh, with this roster. So let's just cut straight to the chase. The five second round picks, because I think the players, you know, you've been describing it as the uh, poo-poo platter. So we're, we're, <laughs> we've touched on that. The five second round picks, any pause at all when you see that uh, come through today and then did a change as you saw that second round picks were getting flung around left, right and center? Uh, yeah, I mean, so let me, let me say a couple things on, on the, the, the draft compensation one, um, you know, I, th- I think there were some jokes floating around about how second round picks are, you know, like cryptocurrency, right? Like, like, oh, this fake stuff that's just flying around and, and who knows what a second round pick is actually worth. Um, I, w- I would say in general, I mean, my view, and, and I think a lot of Bucks fans were saying like, you know, who cares about second round picks, right? Uh, and <laughs> And especially if you look at the history of Bucks second round picks, you know, Malcolm Brogdon and Michael Red uh, put aside, right? It's been a pretty uh, grim crop of uh, uh, of guys that have come through uh, as second round picks. And uh, and in general, right? I mean, we, we sometimes reference Seth Partnow's, uh, you know, value chart that shows the, the kind of like career value of uh, – players picked at different parts of the draft and it gets very low <laughs> once you get outside of, you know, like the twenties and, uh, and even really like the teens, right? Like, I mean, if you get NBA players and even the latter half of the second or the first round, like, you know, solid NBA players, like that's, that's actually not bad. Um, so it's basically like a lottery ticket really in the second round. Right. I mean, okay. There's occasionally an, a, you know, a Brogdon or, you know, once uh, every few decades maybe a Nikola Miritich right but or sorry Nikola Jokic um, although I think Miritich was also a second round pick but um, but again the the value of these picks though I mean it's call it crypto call it any fiat currency um, it's worth something because someone's willing to trade you stuff for it Uh, and so I I don't think it's worth a lot to keep these picks to actually use them on players but if you take a few second round picks you can get stuff for them. And so if you are trading a lot of those now, that means you're not going to be able to use them later and acquire a guy next year uh, because you just, you know, blew your, <laughs> you just used, used, used a large proportion of your, I won't, I won't, the family show. So I won't, I won't use, use some, some vulgar language here, but, um, but those are a bunch of picks that you're not going to have moving forward that you're not going to have, be able to use in, in future trades. And so, yes, it matters how much, how many second round picks the bucks give out. Um, I will say the caveat, the Bucks have shown a willingness to buy second round picks. Again, you're typically talking about, you know, late second round picks like Sam Merrill and Hugo Besson, obviously were, were bought picks that, you know, again, these are like Mr. Irrelevant at the end of the second round type picks, not like picks in the thirties. Um, so again, it's a real price because not because Bucks were going to get a bunch of great players with these second round picks uh, in terms of drafting them, but it's you could use those for other stuff. Now, the interesting thing is the market seems to have uh, devalued second round picks dramatically today because we saw, you know, Sadiq Bay go for five second round picks. We've saw um, multiple players shipped around for three, four second round picks, which is unprecedented. So, uh, yeah, again, was it above market? Maybe not. But uh, I think the interesting way to frame it is, you had to pay Indiana to take the 
bad salary or unwanted salary of George Hill and Jordan Wara because Brooklyn was like, oh, we don't want that stuff. We're way over the tax. Um, so the interesting thing is like the Nets didn't actually like get five second round picks for this. The Nets got two second round picks and they just basically forced the Bucks to, to shed the additional salary um, at a pretty steep price, right? I mean, I think Indiana is, is an obvious winner out of this deal given that they got what three second round picks just for the, the privilege of, of taking on $7 million in salary this year and, and Wara's contract next year. So again, I'm not going to lose sleep over it, uh, but it's a, I mean, that's a significant price. I mean, we were talking about, you know, is it like two second round picks, three second round picks, right? Three second round picks were rumored previously. So the fact that the bucks end up paying five, um, I mean, that, that means there's another player that you potentially won't be able to acquire down the road because you don't have that war chest of second round picks. So um, it is what it is. Bucks are definitely a better team for it this year. And as we've talked about, there's no time like the present <laughs> given, uh, given where the bucks are, the window they have and the types of players that, that could be useful for them, especially in a potential matchup with Boston. So now I think the big question is just what, you know, how good is Jay Crowder still? And the upside is he doesn't really have to do a whole lot in the regular season. Um, but kind of like what we saw with PJ Tucker, who was sort of injured and kind of not really playing at the time when the Bucks traded for him from the Rockets. He, I mean, PJ did at least play basketball that year, not well, uh, but he was playing and was away from the team at the time. So I think the question is like, okay, now Jay Crowder, what, you know, how, how long is it going to take to ramp you up? And given where he is in his career, it's not like you're expecting him to, to get better from where he was the last couple of years. So, so now it's on Jay Crowder, really, right? I mean, now it's on Jay Crowder to kind of get in shape. And um, I don't think the Bucks going to rush anything. We'll see We'll see when we see him, um, how quickly that will actually happen. I'm sure they'll probably want to try to get him in some practices. Maybe he'll you know, do some scrimmaging with the herd. Maybe he'll even play a game with the herd. I don't know, right? Um, so, yeah, we'll kind of see. But again, the luxury the Bucks have is, you know, he's not a Band-Aid that needs to be playing right this moment, even with Bobby Portis injured. Um Although tonight, maybe maybe it felt a little more urgent to try to get another body to uh, to to kind of add some depth to to that kind of four three rotation. So um, so yeah, we we know kind of what he can do. I will again push back on the Tucker comparisons in the sense that I don't think he guards down the way PJ does, but that's okay, right? He doesn't have to you know defend shooting guards uh, regularly or something like that. But um, you know, I think he will at some point he will be in a lineup where he'll need to switch and, you know, we'll see whether he's still mobile enough to be effective as a, as a switching kind of small ball four. So, uh, so yeah, solid day, kind of a little bit of a, um, I don't know, would you say it was, um, kind of a chalk day for the bucks, right? Like this was the trade we always expected they might make. Uh, I thought there was a very good chance they would make a bigger move as well, potentially involving Grayson Allen. Uh, but ultimately they stood pat and, I guess now for me, what Jay Crowder looks like is one big question. And I think another question for me is just, you know, Pat and Grayson have, have continued to start with Chris coming off the bench. We see Chris now get up to 25 minutes. Um, how long does sort of the Chris coming off the bench thing go? And then when eventually Chris is not coming off the bench, who is the fifth starter? And last year we saw Wes get shifted into that role pretty late in the season, which I thought made a lot of sense. Uh, but what do they do this year? I mean, that's a, to me, a question I don't know we have for. 
Um, there's no reason to showcase Grayson Allen for trade purposes anymore. Uh, but I don't know. I didn't, and I, I, I saw most of the podcast last night. I don't know if you guys touched on it at all or sorry, earlier today. Um, I don't know. Do you, do you have a, a guess as to who's going to be starting with uh, the, the four known starters once Chris is back in the lineup? Do you think it's going to be Grayson Allen still? Do you think they figure out a way to shoehorn Jay Crowder into a jumbo lineup, Pat Connaughton? What's, what's your best guess at this point? Yeah, well, just based on the fact they didn't start. I mean, they didn't start. They shifted to West last year, right? So, I mean, Middleton obviously was hurt and there's, there was weird things there. But, yeah, I think once you get to the playoffs, when you're in a series where you've got to defend and the teams are better, I think that they will shift probably to a Crowder or a West. But it's hard to say because we don't know what Crowder looks like. Or maybe an Ingles. I don't know. One of those three guys... <laughs> I would have a head. Got to get, got to get Joey Ingles into the conversation. I would have on a night when, on a night when he doesn't play, Kane Pittman. Yeah, got to work Joey. Well, well, that's actually a lie because it's past midnight and Big Joey is playing today, baby. So, (laughs) is that right? It is. It is. Yeah, it's twelve seventeen in the morning here. Good lord, we're doing God's work over here, uh, podcasting this late. Two podcasts in a day. The things we do for our listeners. It's been a long day. I, I covered a playoff game last night here in Australia. I got to bed at about 1 a.m., set my alarm for 4 a.m., uh, knocked out a couple of podcasts at 7 a.m., wrote a story from last night's game in the day, and then uh, settled in and had to have a shower at halftime at Bucks and Lakers because I thought I was about to fall asleep on the couch. So, uh, you know, I'm only watching basketball. It's not really serious business, but I'm a little fatigued, Frank. And I think, uh, look, uh, I think maybe I've struggled to talk a little bit on this podcast. Not my cleanest, not my cleanest app. Well, I, I've sort of struggled to talk. I struggled to shut the hell up when you were trying to get your ad read in and I was just <laughs> trying to talk about Jay Crowder for the you know 63rd time this season on one of these podcasts. Um, yeah. But uh, I don't know. It, it should be fun. I mean, it, the other kind of, you're just thinking about some of the other dimensions of this. I, I think it's funny how like, I mean, from, from my understanding, like Wes Matthews has played a pretty key role in kind of getting Jay Crowder excited about playing in Milwaukee. Obviously he has history. The Marquette boys. Marquette. Yeah. The Marquette boys, B-O-Y-Z, uh, seem to be excited to play together. Although the, the weird part is that Wes Matthews would seem to be <laughs> an obvious potential loser in terms. No, you're joking. Not the internet. Again, not, 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 the, the, not, the, not the late podcast the internet, Frank. We're starting to have some real struggles oh, here. Is late, it happening again? It's, it's only late podcast internet where things start to oh. get a little ragged. Okay. I, I, it, the, the internet's just like too much trade, too much trade stuff today. Um, but, uh, but yeah, anyway, Wes and, and Jay reunited. And I, the funny thing, just to close the book on Jordan Wara and kind of some of the, the contract discussions we had late in the year um, or late in the, in the fall. Um, it's, it's really interesting to look at kind of what happened today, because on the one hand, the Bucks signing Jordan Wara to that $3 million contract was, not a good move because you gave him an extra year that clearly the Indiana Pacers don't want an extra year of Jordan war contract. You know, he clearly was a negative asset that you couldn't have moved elsewhere. It seems um, he obviously was disappointing on the floor and, you know, unfortunately his, his kind of chapter in Milwaukee closes. I, I still think he has a chance to stick in the NBA. He obviously has offensive talent, but, um, but it's kind of funny because on the one hand, it's like, well, that wasn't a good contract, you, you know, maybe you should have just been better off saving the, the, the money and, and keeping that extra roster spot. The flip side is without that contract, 
you would have had a hard time making this trade happen and aggregating enough salary, right? You would have had to figure out, do we put Javon Carter in this trade? You know, is there some other version of the trade to, to make the salaries work? So, um, so yeah, just again, weird, weird three year stint, two and a half year stint for Jordan Moore in Milwaukee and kind of a weird footnote uh, for that to end on. I am, I am as a fan, I am sad that George Hill's second time in Milwaukee. Um, I, you know, that it ends here at the trade deadline um, you know, obviously I think we were generally much more in the George Hill was just physically broken at the end of last season and not actually like a terrible basketball player. Um, you know, I thought he did have moments, didn't shoot the ball well this year, but, uh, was a little surprised that, that he played as little as he did. And just generally speaking, a guy that, you know, seemed like everybody liked in the locker room and a, a number of young players, um, you know, you kind of follow the bucks closely would call him out as a vet that, you know, really would take guys under their wing. So, um, you know, again, I would have loved for the bucks to win a championship with George and Wes this year, guys that were on kind of the, the first two years, you know, versions of the, the bucks and then, you know, left right before, uh, the championship. So, um, so I'm a little sad about that as a fan, but again, you know, thinking practically, putting on your GM hat, like, yeah, this is this, this is the kind of stuff that has to happen. And I guess we'll see what happens with him going to Indiana. I mean, it is a homecoming for him in Indiana. I don't know if that means they're actually going to keep him or buy him out, whatever. Uh, but, uh, but speaking of buyouts as well, I don't, do we want to talk a little bit about buyouts? I know we're over 30 minutes. You don't want, Kane does not want to talk about buyouts. I, well, we can save it. I, I will say this, the other kind of key dimension of this trade, obviously opening up a couple roster spots and in some ways you could argue you know, you're sending out picks literally just to open up roster spots, um, which, you know, there's value in that because could be some pretty decent guys hitting the buyout market. And I'll apply the caveat of, you know, never expect that you're going to get like a very good rotation player as a buyout guy. The Bucks have had, you know, kind of some f- decent fortune in that regard. I mean, Javon Carter, not really a buyout guy, but a guy that was a victim of uh, the the Nets adding some crusty old veterans uh, last year. Goran Dragic gets signed. Javon Carter loses his spot and obviously ends up sticking in Milwaukee. Where that worked out really well. Um, but and Marvin Williams, I thought was a good pickup, even if that iteration of the team and you know ultimately fell short in the bubble. So hopefully the Bucks can find. To me, I would I would say you know replace Hill as a third point guard, that would be kind of what I would target. And certainly some interesting names that could be out there between Reggie Jackson, Pat Beverly, and I know I'm forgetting at least one, not Russell Westbrook, Kane, not Russell Westbrook, but it looks like there will be some, some lead or not lead guards, but you know, backup guards. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jay Crowder shouting out Pat Beverly, um, which to me, I mean, Pat Beverly, given the, given some of the dudes on this team at this point, like you, you know, I called, I called Pat Bev and I was, I was, I, I think, I, I think, yeah, I think I tweeted. I was trying to figure out if I told this to somebody privately, but you know, throw Pat Bev, um, Jay Crowder, even your boy, Joe Ingles, the, the, the shit housing that those guys do trash talking, just, you know, flopping gamesmanship, all that. Like it would be pretty, pretty hilarious to watch that group all together. And, uh, there was, if people haven't seen it, there's a pretty funny Pat Beverly, um, uh, moment on his podcast where he talks about complaining to Giannis that he was skipping a game uh, against the Timberwolves and uh, pretty good, pretty good Giannis impression from Pat hmm. Bev. And he, he relates how, uh, how 
they were trying to recruit each other basically. So at least there seems to be some friendly uh, banter that, that Giannis and Pat Bev have, have had before. So bring, bring Pat, Bev, I think he's from Chicago. Bring, bring Pat Bev back to the Midwest. Sure. F it. Get, bring Pat Beverly in here. Um, that would be pretty fun. That would certainly be entertaining. And uh, you know, let's, let's, Pat Bev's got to do a, a scores table celebration for an actual NBA championship. He did it for winning a playing game. Let's get let's get Pat Beverly a proper reason to celebrate. Let him ride shotgun on this. Um, and uh, I don't know that that's I will say this because Pat Bev was in Houston while my wife was actually following the Rockets, and I I watched a lot of the Rockets with Pat Bev, and I I, I got an appreciation for Pat Bev. He's he's a bit polarizing, but um, he's a uh, he's a bit of a ride. So um, so yeah, that that's my big random Pat Bev pitch that I'm, I'm ending this uh, podcast with. Hmm. Kind of surprised. I didn't know whether you'd be a Pat Bev guy, but uh, look, we learn yeah. new things every day. And uh, yeah, he's definitely one more note uh, just on, oh, on yeah. cap stuff. Okay, I, I was just looking. I was just looking at this. So the Bucks won an NBA championship. Their payroll, I think they paid about one hundred and thirty-four million dollars, including a tiny luxury tax payment that kicked in because Drew Holiday's bonus for ship put them over the tax last. Payroll plus taxes about two hundred twelve million dollars this year. Right now, projected about two hundred fifty-five, and that'll go up probably another few million if they add a buyout guy, just because of how punitive the the tax is and a multiplier on it, even a prorated less than full season number. So, in in a couple of years, the Bucks payroll has, has essentially doubled. And I don't know, as a Wisconsin sports fan, I hey Milwaukee Brewers. Can can you take notes here that the Bucks are actually spending some some money and trying to win a championship? They they're doing what they should be doing because there's no excuses with Giannis. Go pay money. Don't be cheap. Put it all out on the line. But um, but anyway, yeah, uh, this team is extremely expensive, and thankfully so far money has not been an issue over the at least over the past year since the PJ Tucker departure. Pretty much they've spent on everything they could, and hopefully that will continue because. As we will talk about at some point, there will be some interesting decisions to be made next offseason. Yeah, no doubt. I had a lot of people that were that wanted to talk about it right away after the trade deadline. I said, hey, we've got plenty of time to discuss this, but it is going to be fascinating. But I tell you what's not expensive. That's listening to the Locked On Game to Game podcast. It's free. And you get it on your Locked On NBA feed. A recap of all the games from around the NBA from the local experts. I'm on there after the Bucks play. You probably gather my thoughts from listening to this podcast. But no, we love it, though, and we appreciate everyone listening to this. Make sure you subscribe, hit like, and uh, chuck a comment in and let us know your thoughts as we wrap up the deadline. Bucks and Clippers tomorrow. Uh, the road trip continues. And, hey, if the Bucks are looking to win 10 in a row for the first time this season, we would take that. They're 21 games over 500. I like the sound of that, and they're still trying to gain on the Celtics, and they play the Celtics in a few days' time as well. So we're looking forward to that game. I don't know when we'll podcast next, but that's why you've got to turn the subscriptions on and the notifications, and you'll know when we drop the next show. Hopefully you enjoy Trade Deadline Day with Locked On Bucks. We'll catch you next time.